This is a Geekdo Podcast. You are Bach. James Bach. You are assigned to covert operations connected with the Goldnail satellite. MMM will brief you on your mission and objectives from London. Brew Branch will support your efforts with a plentiful supply of hops and barley. Drinky Geeky offers you light-hearted best wishes, and you're off. Your mission begins in the heavily guarded Chemical Warfare Brewery at the Beerlamore Dam. Drink in and geek out in any direction as you navigate 20 interactive 3D environments. Use stealth and force as you see fit in matters of international security. Consider the military personnel expendable. You are licensed to swill. Best soundtrack on the planet. Mm. Turn it up, Pale. <laughs> Just so the audience knows, Pale's bobbing his head, but he's not quite screaming along to the lyrics. This <laughs> lyric looks <laughs> song. Lyrics. I'm keeping it all Bond, in my head. Bond, James Bond. Kill them all. License <laughs> to kill. Don't let them go. You are something, something. I don't have any flow. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Drink In Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I am your host, Dr. Duke, and alongside me is uh, Saffeld, and with me is uh, Keith Job, <laughs> and with me is Money Paley. And uh, today's episode is featuring beer from Mad Anthony and Hop River, and we are talking about the 25th Anniversary of Goldeneye, 007, Nintendo 64! <laughs> there it is. Yeah, dude, I, um, I literally just took the, the 007 playable characters for like the multiplayer, and I was like, what should I be? Who should I take over? Dr. Doke. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I thought it was Dr. No. Oh yeah, no. I was I was going after a '64 character in there, but I guess Doctor No works as well. <laughs> I just went with the other villain I could think of, which was Blofeld. Yeah, <laughs> the best villain. All right, uh, you guys want to go first because yours is the most Bond-related beer we'll ever. That have. is true, and we only hop twice. <laughs> Failed. <laughs> do you want to attempt this, or do you want me to do all the talking? There's not. There's no write-up. No, there's probably nothing. It's a local beer. They don't do write-ups. I don't know. Saf put it in there. I did not this time. I even scoured Instagram and other things looking for any information on this beer. And all I could find was like, oh, new release. And then a picture of the can. I could do it. It'll be quick. Okay. Keith and I are doing the uh, beer. You only only hop twice. Keith, are you sure you don't want to do it? Keith, are you sure you don't want to just do this? (laughs) You put me in these situations. Trying to get you involved. Then you could be quiet the rest of the episode. (laughs) So, yeah, as Pale said, we have You Only Hop Twice. It's a Session Hazy IPA. 5.2% ABV. So, <laughs> 5 and a 2. 5 and five a 2. And two. It's a pretty light. I'm be pretty interested to see like how hoppy this thing is. You only hop twice, so it's like they only Hopped put it. two. Double dry hopped. Yep. It's only 5.2% ABV. Flip that around, it's a 25. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping 
I'm, I don't know. I'm just like wishful thinking that your IBUs that you guess are going to be 25. Yeah. Sounds good Ooh. to me. But we'll see. <laughs> or 64 if it's <gasps> if it's double dry hop. Maybe 64. <gasps> it's I would lean more 64. In my opinion. Yeah. But there it's a go. session, so it's hard to get to. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very I true. mean, session's just about the alcohol. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay, we'll see. You guys have to drink it first. You haven't drank any of it yet. No, you know not what I'm at all. Nope. We never do that. You told me what the can looks like. All right. So, uh, so describing the can here, uh, it has a 008 on it, as you can see in the background, and it has the swirly barrel of the gun in the background, which mm. is white, and the 008 is red because I believe they are in the 08 area code in Fort Wayne. That was probably, I'm assuming, why they went I think so. with the 008. Uh, it says you only hop twice in a little cursive handwriting there. With the barrel being the Hop River logo, says Fort Wayne, Indiana, established 2018. And on the back, on the little label there, it's got the little 008 logo right above the barcode. And it looks like this was done by Atelier? deliberate design so not sure who that is but they designed this and i like it they shouted them out on instagram too i saw like a i didn't go into any further i just saw them at added on the picture so this is a sticker on here this one's got a bubble in it so it should be easy for me to peel off to go on the board a bubble too so really cool i think they this one has been out for a while um i saw it after of course we did all our bond episodes and when i saw this one on the docket i'm like yes got to go out and get one of these and i keep forgetting to thankfully mm-hmm. they still had them in stock they have like three different um bond beers um but this one i thought was the coolest looking can and the most delicious it looking one pretty nice <laughs> it's like red white and blue looking is it it's just black it's um sorry on the screen or on the video it kind of looks red oh, white and blue mm. pales blue light there but you know it's uh red white and black so it's pretty cool nice little is the double oh eight like significant to anything the 08 nope. area code in which they're in <laughs> in the zip code as he, oh, sorry, zip code yeah there. not area code sorry zip. if i if i would just listen you, four six eight if you're not going to talk you have to listen <laughs> you can't do <laughs> Dude, what well. are you doing here otherwise <laughs> exactly what am i doing if i'm not talking and i'm not listening are your headphones plugged in <laughs> let me double check He's listening to music. Right. I'm good. Oh, I had a Spotify playlist still going. He was listening to an old episode of our podcast. He's got to get He's caught like, up. Yeah, you can find you can find it on Spotify. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just just confirmed. Hop River is four six eight zero eight. So you're spot on with that. Yeah, I figured because I used to live in that area and that was my zip code. Well, they knocked it out of the park. Soccer park that's going to be built right across. All right, the are beer? these state are these staples or are they just celebrating the twenty fifth anniversary? I well, are, what happened at Hop River? They were not real big in brewing their own beer. Their main brewer was just kind of doing the same stuff over and over again, which is kind of why I stopped going out there. He mm-hmm. quit or retired and went off somewhere else. So they got this other guy in from another brewery who's done a ton of beers. So that's why they've been putting out fancy cans, other flavors. Um, this guy's really going to take it to the next level. So there's been mm. a lot of good stuff, and I have not been out there since. Um, but I keep seeing they're adding more cans, more fun, more flavors. Yeah, I noticed that. They're doing a lot more interesting stuff. Before, it was just like decor beers, and that's all they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, cool. I remember being over there a couple weeks ago, 
just to try them out because it's been a couple years mm-hmm. and they had like variants. And I was like, this is surprising. So like my flight consisted of one of the beers and like two of their variants of that beer. I was like, this is weird. I'll take it though. Nice. All right. Looking. Do you uh, smell anything? Oh, yeah. Did you? Well, I was going to, I was trying to do the color, color, but pale. Oh, the color. Asked a question. So that the color is very hazy. It is not see-through at all. I know my camera does not do it justice, but Pale's definitely is a lot more golden gunny than mm-hmm. mine, or mm-hmm. golden eye. <laughs> golden eye? <laughs> but the golden eye is Let's actually see. not even... Well, it's kind of golden in my poster. The little dot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Mine seems kind of pale, though. Your light looks very different. Pale. Yeah, pale is like yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah why is mine so orange? <laughs> <laughs> are you looking at it through your own camera? Or are you looking at it with your eyes? <laughs> my my eyes, it's orange. It is? Okay. Like when you see it through your eyes, is it more pale? It's, yeah. It's more of a pale yellow. Hmm. Interesting. You gave me the bad cans. It's a different setup for a pale. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's different lighting, so it's weird. Pale, you got chunks in your cup still? Or your can? Uh, I do in my glass. Pale looks like he's drinking orange. It does. I know. (laughs) It's crazy. See, I can't see. Can't see my can. (laughs) Hmm. I can't see inside my can. He's looking down the barrel. (laughs) Do 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 do. (laughs) Oh, there's blood rolling down his screen. (laughs) So, are we going to even be able to agree on a number? Uh, Well, you give it a number. I'll give it a number. We can go off Uh, yours. It's more golden. We can say golden eye or a golden gun, which is not on our list at all. But how about a a, a Blanca shorts? <laughs> you're like you're at eleven. Dang! Wow. If yours is more orange, it should be. I'm thinking like seven or six. Is what I was thinking. But that would be <laughs> wow. like a good in between because mine is mine looks like a four, honestly. But yeah, my lighting is not as good well, up here. <laughs> <laughs> split yeah. the diff you want to just yeah split it go seven four plus eleven divided by two is a seven <laughs> Clyde's ghost works for me all right sounds good Ooh. <laughs> that's what happens when you run into those <laughs> oh. perfect I love the direction the show yes. is going <laughs> no, I love this the sound effect we gotta so spice silly. it up Pale, I'm getting orange. What are you getting? Grapefruit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> orange and mango. Mm. Orange mango. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. I thought this one had a description. Wait. Stop the presses. I'm kidding. Just let it go. Oh, I, yeah. You think on Did untapped? you see that on untapped? There, somebody took a picture of the menu. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was going to look this at one. I was trying to read the description oh. on it, and it said something really cool. Oh, yeah, it does say something kind of cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's cut off. Heavy, heavy tangerine on the front, followed by melon and notes, and something, something notes, super low bitter, very easy on the finish. There we go. Tangerine. T- tangerine's yeah. orange. Mm-hmm. Citrus. Mm, smells good. It's a slightly hoppy smell, too. It just smells like a good hazy IPA. It smells like it would be danky as well, like that like dry dankiness that a lot of the hazies have. Yeah. All right. 
Let's take our first sip, pal. <gasps> our first sip ever. Of beer? Of beer. Uh, ever of beer. I love your sarcasm. We know you're almost done with that glass. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you sipping. You had your video on. I was just getting warmed up. I was just wetting, wetting the palate. Ooh, that's good. Strong citrus, strong tangerine. That's good flavor, though. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Not too hoppy, but it is present. Definitely no burn from the hop. Sweet punch. The sweetness shoots you in the mouth. Um, and then the lingering bitterness. But not terribly bad. It's almost, I don't want to call it watered down. But it's pretty smooth. It's not a heavy mouthfeel. It's very light. Would you say it's a shooting you with a PP7 or a clop? Probably a PP7. <clears throat> PP. <laughs> the silence, PP7. Silence, yeah. Dual. Yes. <laughs> because it's twice. You're getting hit with dual PPs? Seven <laughs> times. <laughs> I'm actually thinking the IBUs are closer to 25. Yeah. Definitely on the lighter 64. Huh? Yeah. I think the tangerine and the melon is still present, but I'm getting a little, little bit of pineapple as well. Hmm. Um, and then the dinkiness comes through more on the back end for me, and it doesn't linger too much. No. It, it, it coats your mouth, but it's a good, like a type of bitterness. For me, who I don't like a whole mm. lot of IPAs, I really enjoy this one because it's a light bitterness. It's not lingering, that's going to kill me type of flavor. But no, this is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. It doesn't like punch you in the mouth like some of them do. It's very, very drinkable. Very, just a really well-balanced, mm-hmm. hazy. Yeah, this is well done. All right, we'll see if the interwebs agrees with you. Uh, of the 80 people to check it in, uh, they gave it a 3.93. Uh, looking through some of these photos, because I like to do that more recently, they have, um, like, this is probably the best photo I saw. And it's, in my opinion, like a 6 or a 7. I think I'm on board with Keith's original estimation. This kind of, you know, reminds me of like a... I don't know. It's still kind of orange juicy, but not quite like high C orange mm-hmm. juicy, you know? Uh, but I think I agree with that. A lot of the pictures are good, showing people having a good time at Hop River. Can't blame them for. Gotta enjoy. But I will say that this is a funny picture. Someone like threw the movie on or threw something up on his laptop because the picture that he has is of. Uh, Sean Connery, probably the movie that this is named after, being a horn dog with seven women in the picture. <laughs> so, classic Sean, right? The lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kevin G said very smooth, a, a lot of flavor. He said a lot of flavor. I added uh because I don't want him to sound like a dumb. He gave this a 4.25. <laughs> uh, William said, I liked it. Well, thanks, dude. Didn't rate it. But he liked it. Just some pictures and some check-ins, some pictures and some check-ins. Not bad for a session. Some pictures and some check-ins. I guess that's a question I needed to ask you, but I failed. Is it a session? I 
Do you feel like it's a session? The the bitterness doesn't quite. Uh, it's not heavy. I'll put it that. The more I the more I drink it, the more like the lighter it yeah. feels. It, it's it, like I was at first. I don't. I wouldn't say it was a session, but now that I'm halfway done with it, like session, yeah, it's all going the way. down way too quick and smooth. So it's mm. definitely easy drinking. Gotcha. Dan W says delicious, a nice hazy brew, good flavor and body for a moderate ABV. So I would say that this is very palatable, very drinkable, and it's not quite lawnmower beer, but I suppose you can use it as lawnmower beer. Frog fishing in the backyard, transferring frogs from our pond to Great Papa's. Thanks for your life story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gave it a 3.25. He, and he's literally showed a picture of him catching fr- a frog in his fishing pool. <laughs> what wow. a jerk. I feel like I'm, I'm coming to the bottom. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see anything worthwhile. Yeah, I read a few non-worthwhile things, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> All right. I'll go first, Pale, so you can copy me. Sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I put exactly what I said, um, sweet tangerine up front, coats your mouth with a decent bitterness, very smooth, light, can drink many of these. Certainly love the bond theme, love the can, love everything about this. It's my style IPA, uh, light and easy drinking and not one that makes me question why am I drinking it with that bitterness that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but this is, it's light, it's crushable, uh, the sweetness with the tangerine, which is different than just basic orange juice. It's got that unique tangerine flavor, which is really good. So I gave it a 4.25. Nice. And I said, hoppy up front with a nice smooth transition to the citrus. A little bit danky on the back end, but doesn't last too long. Great beer and very easy to drink. I gave this a 4.5 because um, it's a lot more crushable than some of the hazies I drink. Some of the hazies become... A little, like too heavy, in my opinion. Try to, you know, do too much. Try to overhop it. But this one is just, just ver- you know, just very smooth from start to finish. You can just keep drinking it over and over, and I don't feel like I'm about to explode in my belly. <laughs> so, <laughs> hot bomb. Would it? Would this go into the lawnmower category? I would. Yeah, I, especially since I just mowed literally right before this episode and I'm drinking it. So <laughs> and it um, feels good. It does feel good. Uh, I'm about halfway through this actually more than that. And it's just, yeah, it's good. I just keep drinking and drinking and it goes down faster and faster. Now the moment of truth, since you didn't present us with IBUs at the beginning, gotta be 25, 25, <laughs> gotta be, it's not, it's not 64. Although some people would say it would be a 64, but they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, like it's like legit twenty five, or like you just wanted it to be twenty five. I wanted so it to 25. be twenty five. <laughs> Honestly, I could probably say it's somewhere in between. I mean, it is decently bitter, mm-hmm. but it's not sixty four bitter. Like I see what your 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 guys's is, and I've had that beer before. And I'm like, it's definitely not up there. It's also the twenty fifth anniversary of GoldenEye 007 for a Nintendo sixty four. Oh, this... all right. You alluded to it. And we are drinking Matt Anthony's Good Karma. It is 6.5 ABVs, 
55 IBUs, which is the Sammy Hagar, because he can't drive 55. A medium-bodied IPA with an amber color originating from lightly toasted caramel malt. American-grown hops provide a fruity citrus-like character. Enjoy the perfect balance between malty sweetness and hoppy bitterness. The can is pretty neat. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an upgrade from the last time I've had this. I don't know if they've had it in cans, though. Yeah, this is one of their originals. They used to be strictly bottled, and now they've kind of moved over to the 16-ounce cans and updated all their artwork to these fancy, colorful things. I think cans are preferred, right? Yeah. This one I thought had like a 60s hippie, almost Austin Powers vibe, so that's the connection (laughs) that I made. Mm Kind of looks like you're looking through a kaleidoscope. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I just couldn't think of the word. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Um, Yeah, bright colors, uh, lovely contrast of colors with the reds and the light blues and the green versus the aqua. Uh, You have some hop on the can. I can't really tell what those lines are other than just kaleidoscope lines. There's a nice little design in the red logo as well. Uh, If if I get this can close enough so you can Mm -hmm. see that. Uh, looks like just the imprint of the background just faded into the background. Uh, then they got their basic ass logo up at the top, but you know you kind of have to have that. Uh, and then I guess a, a a smaller image of what is on the can just as like a smaller little logo in front. Yeah, so you can see the thing without it being blocked. I guess my can has, has a uh, stamp on it twelve fifteen twenty one, so it it was canned in December. Oh, nice. I assume that's what it means. Yeah, that sounds about right. A little old, but not too bad. Yeah. We've definitely had older beers on the show. <laughs> that's for sure. All right. Color-wise, it's like a... It kind of looks like Pale's beer. It's got a golden mm-hmm. orange, dark, darker orange. It's pretty see-through. Mm-hmm. You can see the light coming through mine. You can definitely see the background shadows. Oh, it's definitely not that... Not that... Uh, bright or not that dark um maybe like a goku or a nick splat yeah i was gonna say nick splat or aquaman so let's stick with the nick splat i love meeting you right in the middle nick 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 nickelodeon love that (laughs) (laughs) the smell just smells just like an ipa would it's kind of, I don't know, refreshing, I guess, that it's just an IPA. Yeah, you get like the notes of the hops and a yeah. little bit of maltiness mm-hmm. of those classic IPAs. Yeah, it's very, very, very hoppy flavor out of the can if you smell the can. You don't really smell citrusy. This looks like it's going to be citrusy, but can't really, it's not even on the nose. I can smell like pines and just like straight up. The hop flavor. Mm-hmm. I smell that. It doesn't smell bad. It's a, it's a flavor I like to smell. Right. You waft it. I don't know. Maybe I get a little bit of extra, like, something out of the waft, but not a whole lot. It's really hard to, like, smell what is going to be in this. <laughs> little notes. I get, like, a little... Yeah, once I shake it up a little bit, I get the citrusy, mm-hmm. kind of sweeter notes. But yeah, mostly but still, hops. Yeah, pretty much just hops. All right. Well, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> do it 
Yeah, definitely um, more juicy fruit flavor on the front end finishes, very hoppy on the back end. Yep, totally. Yeah, don't get that juice fruit on the on the nose, which is refreshing. However, the back end hop flavor that you taste is exactly what you smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a real, it's a hoppy f- flavor, but it's not like bitter, like too bitter of a hop mm-hmm. that it's like putting me off. It's kind of a nice, nicer, uh, sweeter hop. Right. I'm trying to guess the citrus flavor. I want to say grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had one. I don't, I don't know. Not a, <laughs> not a big fan of big old oranges that look weird. <laughs> what about uh, a pomplamoose? I'll take one of those in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> no, I just, yeah, I think that's, it's citrusy for sure. Maybe a little bit of like a lemon flavor, but not a whole lot. Uh, I can, yeah, I can like kind of taste like a tartiness mm-hmm. to it. And that's what made me think grapefruit. Uh, I don't know. It just, it definitely has the vibes of a grapefruit. Yeah. For sure. On untapped, out of, wow, 9,000 check-ins on this and 6.1 thousand. This guy's been around for a while. Yeah, this is one of their staples. Uh, It averages a 3.62 out of all that. I myself have drank this back in 2016. And I gave it close to that average, a 3.75. Chris Leland, Mystic on V6 himself, gave this a 4. He said multiple times. I think he checked it in like twice with the same check-in. Pretty nice. Has a a nice, light, resiny kind of hop flavor to it. He enjoyed it. He gave it a 4. Both occasions. Patrick Doherty says average. Gave it a 3. Not a fan. And Pale, I think you had it. What'd you give it? I gave it a four. Back in 2015. So you had it before me. Holy cow. I uh, I have some friends as well. Quite a bit of few friends on here. Maybe because this is a very popular beer. Yeah. Been around a bit. Uh, our good friend Bill Krusinger, of course, I expected him to be on this. Uh, he just checked it in in 2011. Hmm. And that's it. Didn't say anything. Didn't rate it. But 2011, the infancy of Untapped, probably couldn't yeah. type back. Then. Yeah, that <laughs> didn't have a rating system yet. It just just <laughs> check it in. Yeah, comment section. Uh, Beer man uh, had this in 2013, gave it a 2.75. So the before the rise of IPAs, I'm assuming. I checked in a couple times. There's Pale's check in. The Speak podcast had this 3.25. Bitter. I wonder if. Um, when Good Karma rebranded, if they up this like the recipe, because these are a lot of these are kind of weak. I could see that. Like right. it's been around ten years. It makes sense uh, over ten years, so it makes sense they have to upgrade the recipe every so yeah. often to fit the trends or whatever mm-hmm. hops are popular. Yep. Here's a Keith check-in. Uh, Jesse Favors says, "Well-made beer." Three seventy-five. Doug Agder says. Okay, a little bitter for my taste. Three and a half. Um, Beer Man again. uh, Three years later, gave it a a knock-up. So it's at a three this time. Um, Joe King, because his name's Joe King. LOL. (laughs) Ha! 
Gave it a 3.5. He's the Joker. He's the Joker. Uh, Doug Egner again, same score. <clears throat> My friend Katie, uh, she had this, gave it a 3. Chris Leland, Chris Leland, and Kyle Tuffley at a Logan's Roadhouse gave this a 375. <laughs> yes. That's quite a bit of check-ins from friends. Of course, there's 6,000 yeah. of them. Uh, I am definitely not keeping my check-in. I don't know what I was thinking, 2019. <laughs> you weren't into the IPAs in that day. I have a new that day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I have a new friend alert. New friend hand, alert. Hand, doop, doop. hand new, over glassware is the count name. Dang. They said the, this IPA is good, dangerously good. The kind of good that screams, your karma's gone run out. The boys are coming apart at the seams. Whatever that means. <laughs> it gave it a four hand, out of five. Hand over glassware. Hand over glassware. How'd they find you? I don't know. <laughs> Did you friend request them first, Pale? <laughs> no, I, they found me. I'm surprised I haven't found you guys. Well, I have a couple people, too, that I have no idea who they're. Stout Boss, apparently, loves me. So. Stout <laughs> yeah, Boss. And <laughs> toast you immediately every time. Whoever of that friend Dustin I'm still has. waiting on that. Yeah, toast. Joe King. Joe King. And yeah. <laughs> who was that other one? Uh, Bill Cruisinger. Yeah, Bill Cruisinger. <laughs> and then uh, Doug Egder. Oh, I got I got Doug Doug Edgar. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, I got Doug. Yeah, I got Doug. So, I dig yeah. Doug. I dig, dig Doug, Doug too. Oh, we didn't see Mister Cul-de-Sac on there. I'm gonna have to get him this beer. And check this one in. PK. All right, I am are all checked in. I gave this beer a three seventy five, just like Keith did all of those many years ago. It's a very solid IPA. Understandably, un- I understand why it's a. Uh, been a Matt Anthony staple for uh, whatever since they've existed, I think. Um, and uh, I like the hoppiness, hoppy flavor of it. I mean, it's just a good IPA. It's nothing special, uh, but it is one that you would want to keep in the rotation year-round at, if you're a Matt Anthony. Hold on to your boots, everybody. I did not rate this the same as Seth. <laughs> what? I know. This is fantastic. I actually bumped it up a little bit. And I gave this a four. I was almost there. I was yeah. I was wavering. This is a pretty solid West Westy Coasty style beer. I don't know what I was thinking the first time I had this. I wonder if it's because it's probably one of those days where I had a shit ton of Fort Wayne beers already. Mm-hmm. And so you had it after two Toms and you're like, two Toms IPs are better than this. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, re- I don't really remember the order of things it, since it's downtown. It could have been right after Summit City, which also has really good stinking beers. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know the order. Or even in your flight of Man Anthony beers, they have better beers that it could yeah. throw off your palate. That's true. If they had like Mosaic Moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But as a as a staple, like West Coast, India Pale Ale, this is juicy enough. It's very flavorful. I can see myself getting, you know, if they came in like 12 pack or uh, sorry, like 12 ounce cans. If I got a 12 pack of this, like this would be like a nice, like occasional beer that you just kind of drink here and there. If you're just into having beer at the house, mm-hmm. like it's nice. It's not overwhelming. 
The flavor is great. Um, probably just one and done in these 16 ounce cans with a 6.5 ABV. If you really just were just trying to coast and chill, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really good flavor. And it's an OG. You know, Matt Anthony's been around. Oh, yeah. Glad First to- craft see- brew in Fort Wayne. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Glad to see that they've been updating and, you know, staying relevant all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really helped. They uh, teamed up with Shigs and Pit. Yeah. It expanded mm-hmm. to multiple parts of the city with different locations I- and to provide the beer there, which gives me an opportunity to get it all the time. I believe that this partnership benefits Shigs and Pit more. <laughs> oh, absolutely it does. <laughs> There's three locations now. Three Shigs, Shigs and yep. Pit. Southwest, Northeast, and south of downtown. And Fairfield. Fairfield. Yep. Plus, Is a Matt Anthony's Matt got Anthony. their own brew and pub. Matt Anthony, yeah. Matt Anthony has two that I know of, oh, other yeah, than they do. the one you're referring to. They have Auburn. Mm-hmm. I think that one, one on Taylor just closed. Or Angola closed. Yeah, one the, of the one at the lake out the lake the one, area. Yeah, the lake one. Yeah, the one in the Angola. Yeah, I think the Auburn one still exists. I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a partnership. I think they own Chicks and Pit. Maybe they did buy them. No, I think they created it. Oh, they did. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Then why do they like, serve shitty food in their? I don't know. Why they, location? Yeah, why they? Shoot? Actually, I like their food, but that's because it's yeah. Munchies Emporium. So yeah, it was, they use that mm. menu. The Scooby it's, Snacks. Those are really good. Shaggy Snacks. <laughs> yep. That was at the other place. That's no longer Wild Hair. By the yeah. Anyway, let's get on to some GoldenEye discussions. We are taking this minor break to remind you all that you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok at drink in geek out most of our socials are done through instagram we try to uh do trickle down of posts to twitter and facebook if you want to get a hold of us uh or see what we're doing instagram is going to be the best thing for you tiktok is just gonna be fun we're not going to try to be super serious about it uh but you can find some of our brewery trips and uh our craft beer that we've been brewing ourselves on the tiktok you can also find us on our website drinking geekout.com there we have our geek srm our geeky abuse our show notes and other links to find out you know more about us or how to contact us you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and yes i know you're currently listening to us but what if you need a new venue i'm sure we got one just for you we got merch t-shirts masks mugs stickers and more on threadless at drinkinggeekout.threadless.com and on tpublic at tpublic.com slash store slash drinkinggeekout. We do have a Patreon. It's not super active, but we do have uh, levels of support that you could help us with, uh, starting with like the super geek that gets you a shout out on the show and up to the uber geek. We have pretty much forces us to dedicate an episode to you. And there's plenty of rewards in the middle uh, as you grow up different tiers. You do not have to support us to listen to the show, but anything helps since we are free and will continue to be free to provide you the best beer content and geek content out there. And now, back to the show. Uh, GoldenEye 007 is a 1997 first-person shooter developed by Rare, published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64, based on the 1995 James Bond film GoldenEye. It features a single-player campaign in which the player controls 
secret intelligence service agent James Bond through a series of levels to prevent a criminal syndicate from using a satellite weapon against London to cause a global financial meltdown. The game includes a multiplayer mode in which up to four players can compete in several deathmatch scenarios via split screen. Revolutionary. Absolutely. I, I was watching a documentary before. The, well, it wasn't a documentary. It was a 20-minute video about the game, which got me excited for the actual documentary that is supposed to come out. But uh, I guess the game was made by a team of 10 people. Eight people on the team have never worked on a video game before. Mm-hmm. So they were just kind of building the levels and then adding the missions afterward. And most of the time you figure out what the missions are going to be and then you build the levels around that. So that's why some of the levels are, you'll go 20 minutes down this hallway and there's nothing down there because they just build it based on the movie and then they just added missions later. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting because they'd never worked on a game. They didn't know how to do it. Right. I kind of like that aspect of it too. Uh, it makes it more open worldy feeling yep, even yeah. though it's not. Absolutely. Yeah, playing a playing a game where you just have point A to point B, it just is I don't know. It's kind of reminds me of very like side scrolly. And you know, when you're in a 3D space, mm-hmm. you do, you don't anticipate being uh, side scrolly. And I think too that with this game, they were the first ones to add like uh the extra missions, like optional completion. Mhm. So you could I mean, you could do it in any of the modes that you're in, the double O agent or you know, regular agent yeah. or whatever, but there's like three or four extra objectives that you can do. So the replay value, besides the fact that it's multiplayer, but you can go back and try it even more. And you can unlock different like guns mm-hmm. and characters for multiplayer. And another thing they said in this video was the multiplayer was not in the original plans. That was added like seconds. They missed the deadline uh-huh. and they just added this because they had a couple of days and they were like, we think this will work. And they just put it in there. Didn't ask for permission from Nintendo or rare. They just oh. put it in there. And that's like the made the whole greatest game. decision in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. The best mistake ever. Yep. All right. Uh, since you kind of hit on this a little bit, I'm going to read this development began in 1995 and was handled by an inexperienced team led by Martin Hollis, who had previously worked as a programmer on the coin-op version of Killer Instinct, which is a fun game. Hmm. It was primarily inspired by Sega's Virtua Cop before being redesigned as a free-roaming shooter. After more than two and a half years of development, GoldenEye 007 was released shortly before the release of GoldenEye's sequel, Tomorrow Never Dies. Although the game faced low expectations from the gaming media, it sold more than 8 million copies, making it the third best-selling Nintendo 64 game. The game received critical acclaim, with praise given to its visuals, gameplay depth and variety, and multiplayer mode. In 1998, it received the BAFTA, Interactive Entertainment Games Award, and four awards from the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. It's wild that the gaming media is like, nah, fuck this game. Why would you make a <laughs> game from a movie? Well, yeah, ga- movies licensed from game or games licensed from movies were never pop, never good, never popular. So Nintendo yeah. didn't believe in it. Plus, it was two years over two years after the movie it's based on had already come out. So like, no one's gonna care about <laughs> Goldeneye anymore. They're moving on to Tomorrow Never Dies at this point. Exactly. 
a lot of those uh, movie-based games are just like the little kid stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, the real basic games that the kids can play. Not that exciting all the way around. It's just like the 1981 E.T. for the Atari that yes. didn't sell, <laughs> sell. So they were just like dumping it and getting rid of it. All right, moving on. Uh, retrospectively, GoldenEye 007 is considered an important game in the history of first-person shooters for demonstrating the viability of game consoles as platforms for the genre and for signaling a transition from the then-standard Doom-like approach to a more realistic style. It pioneered features such as the atmospheric single-player missions, stealth elements, and a console multiplayer deathmatch mode. The game is frequently cited as one of the greatest video games of all time, with many of its gameplay elements such as the clob gun having left an enduring impression in video game culture. A spiritual successor, Perfect Dark, was released in 2000. A reimagining of the game, also titled GoldenEye 007, was released in 2010, which I believe is the Wii version that Dustin and I have a copy. Saf, do you own that? No. I thought you got that one. I never bothered with it. I thought I played I played with somebody online because it was Wi-Fi, one of the Wi-Fi Oh, capable. really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, on Wii. It's got the Wi-Fi logo on it, so it was it was tough to use because you pretty much had to use the the laser gun as yeah. as like a Wii attachment, which is why for it to work. Yeah, and you play as Danny Craig instead of Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Screwed it up, but they didn't have the rights <laughs> to Pierce again, so <laughs> it's like, we'll just use the person that's currently Bond. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Perfect Dark was fun too. Yeah, it's crazy how many games like this. How many other games were made because of this game. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it really inspired a whole. Like, I think Halo has a lot to uh, owes a lot to Goldeneye. Right, and I just played uh, Bioshock, and felt like this is a lot yeah. like Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, you have you have Bioshock, you have Halo, you have Destiny, you have Call of Duty, uh, Call, Call of Duty, Duty, Borderlands. You know these games that are very similar to this i mean you could also say like i guess borderlands is kind of like doom but again like you know these games are not uh or those games wouldn't have been even thought of or really popular if it wasn't for the multi-death match that goldeneye had yeah half those games probably wouldn't have been developed if goldeneye hadn't existed Right. I remember doing, as a kid growing up, playing the Deathmatch game for this. I don't remember playing the story, hardly. But I remember <laughs> playing the Deathmatch mode. And then when I was in college, people that I played uh, games with did Halo game tournament, th- t- you know, style of games. Halo 1 and Halo 2. And it's the same Deathmatch, split screen Deathmatch mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like easy transition. So it's like definitely Halo and Destiny probably had like a really good influence on... Uh, from this game. Of course, everyone's like wants to be the next best game. And, you know, if GoldenEye is going to be the top and the best game ever, why would you not model your game yeah, after that? Rip it yeah. off and like improve upon it. Yeah. Just like Perfect Dark. That's mm-hmm. what I, I think. Perfect Dark is a better game in every single way. Mm-hmm. Like, the multiplayer is better. The story is better. The gra- graphics are better. But it didn't hold up because GoldenEye was already doing it. Right. <laughs> and everybody already owned that. Yeah. I mean, you needed to buy that expansion pack. Mm-hmm. That too, yeah. Uh, for it. Uh, and then, of course, I bought it for Donkey Kong, so I had mm-hmm. it. So I, you know, I thought it was, I honestly enjoyed Perfect Dark more because it was, even though it wasn't quote unquote original, it wasn't based on a movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
was, so it felt original. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I've never played Perfect Dark. I know. Really? So I first thought for sure you would have. I, well, I thought bit. so too, but I was so obsessed with this movie. I own a freaking movie poster of it. I mean, it was <laughs> me and my friends in grade school growing up. Like we would watch this movie. I have it on VHS. I don't even own it on DVD. I only have it on VHS. <laughs> um, but it's just like I was so obsessed with GoldenEye. I'm like, why would I want to play anything else? I'm like, it's just mi- mimicking GoldenEye. At least I know this story. But now I'm looking at it online. I think I can grab it for like 20 bucks, like an actual cartridge of Perfect Dark. I'm like, I definitely need to check that out and play it. I'll have to call Bricker and be like, oh, you forgot to include Keith in your Perfect Dark. Uh, I keep trying to get everybody. <laughs> I remember that. Perfect That's why I told you guys. I'm like, I don't. I've never That's how Perfect I played Dark. it was yeah. with him. I remember he tried to get us all doing that. Mm-hmm. One thing I was going to say, Kenneth Lobb was a guy that worked on the game. They named the club after him, uh, K-Lobb. And uh, I guess he was the one that went to Nintendo. He was the one that thought of the multiplayer. And he went to Nintendo and said, the console needs to have... Because GameCube hadn't come out, or GameCube N64 hadn't even come out yet when they were making this game. And it's like, the console needs to have four slots for remote or controllers so we can do multiplayer and every game should be utilizing this and i guess nintendo listened yeah or they had already planned on doing it yeah because they were developing mario kart at that time with the split screen but yeah it's the first one that had four spots instead of two Mm -hmm. now it's down to one yeah (laughs) yeah everything is like bluetooth or i guess that's the technology they're using for the controllers or i mean like no split screen yeah, and everything's online. Yeah, so you just have your main screen, which is, I guess, is better. Who wants to play on a little itty bitty screen like this? <laughs> like you're looking at our uh, our meeting. Yeah, this and trying our... to play a game in my little square. Of yeah. This meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we had to do. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't complain about it. Let's talk about the gameplay. In each level, the player must complete a set of objectives while computer-controlled opponents try to hinder the player's progress. Objectives range from recovering items to destroying objects, defeating enemies, or rescuing hostages. Some objectives may also require the player to use high-tech gadgets. For example, in one level, the player must use Bond's electromagnetic watch to acquire a jail cell key. Although the player begins each level with a limited amount of supplies, additional weapons and ammunition can be acquired from the defeated enemies. There are no health recovery items, but body armor can be acquired to provide a secondary health bar. I thought that was key as well. Mm-hmm. Very good gameplay. Like It's unrealistic in a, <laughs> in a, in a game where you pick up a, a health globe and you get health back. Yeah. In a situation like this supposed to be realistic, like 007, if you get shot, you're, you're shot, bud. Yeah. Yeah. You're not coming back from that. You can wear armor so you don't get hurt more. Yeah. The the thing that always bothered me is when you got shot, the noise you would make. I would not go, <laughs> if I get shot, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> it would be too big. Fuck, that hurt. That's why you're not. I know I'm not an MI6, but just the weird like, (laughs) like his little whisper, like, (laughs) like, I I don't know. 
You saw him get whipped in the balls in Casino Royale. He wasn't... That's true. Even, he was laughing then. He was laughing. He was laughing. Yeah. Can I have some more? <laughs> Everyone will know you died scratching my balls. <laughs> I also liked how they included gadgets, not only from Goldeneye, but from classic Bond movies yeah, as well. It's a yeah. tribute to all those, those great Bond movies that mm-hmm. I grew up watching. My mom watched it. So that's why I really love this game. It's definitely, you know, very Bond-esque, right? Having the secret agent equipment. And even even movies that came after the 007 that's, you know, spy-based, you have gadgets. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a spy-based video game, you better have gadgets. Yeah. yeah. You would think. Your laser right? watch and your proximity mines and cool shit like that. For sure. The game features more than 20 weapons, including pistols, submachine guns, assault rifles, and a sniper rifle, grenades, and throwing knives. And slaps. You could also slap. Oh, <laughs> Most weapons have a finite magazine and must be reloaded after a certain number of shots. Although each weapon has its own characteristic, ammunition is interchangeable between some weapons types. I also, in this video, I saw they wanted to... It came with a rumble pack, or you could buy a rumble pack. And they wanted you to be able to reload your gun by taking out the rumble pack and putting it back in. Yeah, I thought would have been really cool, but Nintendo was like, "No, damn, that'll probably break people's controllers that is or true. like damage things." So they they were against it. But I was like, "Man, that's such a good idea! That is so cool!" Like taking popping out the magazine, popping it back in. I love quick that. release. Right. For example, pistols and submachine guns share the same ammunition. Weapons inflict different levels of damage depending on which body part they hit. Headshots cause the most damage, while arm and leg inflict least damage. And you see the people like limping afterwards. Mm-hmm. I like how they react to being shot. The Clob, a submachine gun with a folding stock, possesses a high rate of fire and wide bullet spread compared to other weapons, but is severely underpowered with a heavy recoil. Stealth is often encouraged as frequent gunfire can alert distant guards and alarm can spawn enemies. I personally did not like the club. I thought it sucked. Mm-mm. It was uh, a joke. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's the worst gun in the game. <laughs> you could shoot people for 30 minutes and it wouldn't do any damage. Yeah. I remember when we did uh, the deathmatch modes, like you had, you know, we could set up a mode where we picked weapons, I believe. Mm-hmm. We did club battles. Club clubs, only. Yeah, or no clubs. Slaps only and clubs only. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was slaps only. Slaps that only, that would take forever. Fun. Just yeah. walk around Get with your hand on. on the screen. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. It's almost it reminds me of like Halo two days where it's just a everyone gets the laser sword and that's all you get and you're running around with the, mm-hmm. the little <laughs> <laughs> Each level can be played on three difficulty settings agent, secret agent, and double O agent. These affect aspects such as the damage enemies can withstand and inflict the amount of ammunition available, and the number of objectives that must be completed. Two bonus levels can be unlocked by completing the game on Special Agent and then on Double Agent. The player may also replay previously completed levels within targeted times to unlock a bonus cheat option such as infinite ammunition or invincibility. Upon completing the game on the three difficulty settings an additional mode is unlocked allowing the player to customize the difficulty of a level by manually adjusting enemies health reaction time aiming accuracy and then damage they inflict 
So many fun cheats in this game. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the replay value. Yep. You could turn on different things and turn them off and try play with like paintballs instead of bullets and all sorts of fun things just to change the look of it even. And it's like, oh, this was fun again. Yeah, my favorite. It's like playing a new game. My favorite was uh, slow-mo mode. (laughs) <laughs> you'd like mow down a whole yeah. field of enemies and they're like i'm like you're not dead yet they're but still just, like slowly dying on the ground yeah. <laughs> they fall back I'm like that was my favorite it was just too funny but they're big old heads in dk mode <laughs> yeah. it wasn't until later i realized oh rare made donkey kong mm-hmm. country so that's why they put dk mode in there all right talking a little bit about the multiplayer uh goldeneye 007 features a Amazing multiplayer mode where up to four players can compete and set up tough match scenarios via split screen, as we said. Normal is a standard mode where players score points by killing opponents. Players can be grouped in teams or compete individually. You only live twice gives players two lives before they are eliminated from the game, resulting in the last surviving player winning the match. In License to Kill, players die from a single hit with any weapon. So due to its high rate of fire and wide bullet spread, the club is finally useful in that situation. <laughs> What's the rest there, pal? In the man with the golden gun, a single golden gun, which is a which is capable of killing opponents with one shot, is placed in a fixed location in the level. Once the golden gun is picked up, the only way to reacquire it is by killing the player holding it. In the living daylights, a flag is placed in a fixed location in the level, and the player who holds it the longest wins. The flag carrier cannot use weapons, but can collect them to keep opponents from stocking ammunition. Options such as the chosen level, characters to play as, weapons available, and game length can be customized for each scenario. Additional levels and characters can be unlocked as the player progresses through the single-player game. I love that it includes all these other... Uh, game types but i can't remember playing anything besides like a free-for-all deathmatch or maybe teams every now and then i, I remember i, playing I remember these. playing i remember <laughs> playing the two in the the latter half the man with the golden gun and then the flag yep the flag one was pretty fun it sucked if you had the flag but it was challenging yeah because it's like even... i'm gonna run away yeah <laughs> or hide in the vent with odd job hide in a corner somewhere that you'll never find me because right, there wasn't like a radar or anything, right? There, no, you would just cheat by looking at other people's screens. At other people's screens, which sucked. And yeah. be like, oh, I know, I recognize that area. I'm going to either go there or avoid That's that. That's why you would take your character and just look at a wall because nobody could see where you were. Because <laughs> all the walls looked the same. Right. You found ways to get around it. But yeah, everybody mm-hmm. cheated. It's like our force person split screen right here. So, yeah. I mean, who doesn't screen watch? Am I right? Exactly. Mm. I do have some, I was going to, we don't really have to talk about the levels of weapons and characters. We kind of already touched on all that stuff, but I do have like nine additional songs. If you want to do a mini drink in Geek OST. Welcome to drink in (laughs) Geek OST, a show where we drink beer and listen to geeky soundtracks. (laughs) Bonus. Two for one. And now the music. Yes. At the beginning of the episode, we played the title music for the game, and now we are listening to The Dam. Dang. We're listening to The Dam song. 
It's like the first mission when you're outside and you're trying to get inside, right? Infiltration. On the 2010 version of this game, I couldn't get past that. <laughs> damn. You're just going to jump off the side. I said damn. Yeah. I think I also did it on Double Agent or Double O Agent. Oh, yeah. I skipped to the hardest. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite part. I don't know what that noise is, but it's great. soundtrack to this it's what? such a great i don't i didn't look dustin can you look up who the composer is yeah well all these instruments keith and you have this <laughs> uh, synthesizer guitar <laughs> synthesizer it's a 64 they can only do so much <laughs> a little bomb Those theme going that's a xylophone yeah <laughs> Uh, keyboard. And this is the facility, which yes. I think is the second level of the game, where you pop out of the little toilet. You can sneak up on the guy peeing in the other toilet yep. and kill him before he notices you. So the composers, there's three of them. Graham Nordgate, Grant Kirkhope, and Robin Beanland. Mm. I knew there were two G names. I was going to say Graham Norton, but that's like a talk show host. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Graham Norton show. Here's the runway. It's like Halloween. It does. <laughs> This is like a very quintessential like James Bond song sound. Yeah. yeah. They did a great job of uh, mimicking Bond music and with the technology of the, well, the Nintendo 64 a lot. Was it the actual music in the movie? I mean, like hints of it? I thought maybe it was... I think so. Yeah. Or at least it was in, because it was influenced because of the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Right. So. so they heard the movie and they're like, yeah. But like some of these, like you can hear like an alleyway, you know, you're like, this movie or this music is supposed to get you pumped up and get your heart racing for what's happening or the suspense mm-hmm. or the thrill. And then you have songs like this, it's just fucking games. It sounds like someone's going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. This one's called Severnaya Surface. Ah, yes. So the like the bells, or like a xylophone. Beep, 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 beep. It almost nice sounds like it's gonna Lord. bust into like a like a rap song. Yeah. Just waiting for it to mm. like keep going. Drop the Someone beat. should rap <laughs> over these songs. <laughs> 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 It's got the the sweet Russian vibes to it too. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like the wind. Here we got the frigate. frigate. I know this one. This is a good one. Oh yeah. I feel like I've heard this song a ton. 
just watching the movies you hear this all the time <laughs> I like that double drum like thingy. Yeah, Keith learned this song on the drums. Dustin probably do it better than I can. I haven't touched a drum set in four years. <laughs> wow. Four years? Amateur. Yeah, I know. Amateur. <laughs> it's been like 11 and a half years for me. <laughs> I mean, I have it. It's in the other room. It's just boxed up. Mine's in my closet. Yep. Stacked. <laughs> Out of room. <laughs> no. <laughs> My house is not big enough. But this is this song slaps. Yeah, it does. Love that for good. Uh, this is the cavern. Cavern. This is my definitely. Because this is a good. Because it sounds like you're in a cavern. It has like the echo and everything. Yep. It sounds like something like drip, like moisture dripping down the walls. I feel like this soundtrack does a really good job of building suspense as you're like playing these levels, yeah. right? It's the th- like as I heard, um, I think Peel does the like from Key and Peel. Peel does like the horror movies, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. Yep. getting stuff. Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel. He was talking about like the the scariest part of a, a horror film is not seeing the monster be bloody gore. It's not knowing or seeing what is causing the problem. Yeah. He was like, Paranormal Activity is like the scariest movie ever because you don't actually see what's causing the problems or if there is anything that's causing a problem. So that's why he said he wanted to like model his movies after. After that long tangent, I'm saying like, I feel that vibe when I listen to the song. Yeah. I don't know what's coming in this cavern or in this level that I'm at. And so I definitely enjoy games that have sounds like this that kind of makes it like, oh gosh, like what's coming next? I mean, that's why Jaws is so effective. You don't see the shark most of the movie, so you're just anticipating it. Mm-hmm, right. And then you have the music that's, like, really doing the heavy lifting in that movie. Mm-hmm. Next, we have The Cradle. From the cradle to the grave, James. Which, <laughs> yeah, is that the satellite? When yeah, they're like, think- like, the final battle? Yeah, from Cradle to the Grave, Your Grave, James. <laughs> I had this movie memorized at one point. The same six minutes you gave me? <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. It's a great game. Yeah. This year, final battle with Trevor, Trevorin? Trevlin? Trevlin. Alec, Alec Trevlin. Alec Trevlin. Scene Bean. Or... Sheen Bean. Sheen Bean. Sheen Bean. All he has to do is cut his head off. That's his favorite way to die. <laughs> Drop him however many feet. Yeah. On to, off of a... What was he? Like, were they on a helicopter? Or were they, like, super far up? And he fell uh, into a satellite dish? Yeah, he's trying to get onto the helicopter, and they're, like, having a fight, and then... Yeah, they get down to the tip. Just the tip. Just to see Just how the it tip. Is. And then, yeah, he got penetrated. <laughs> this is the Aztec. Which oh, is, I the, think this is from... The Baron, yeah, whatever. That sound yeah, effect Baron for his is... voice, it flipped me the fuck out every game. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, ah. And that's not even... That one scared me. Yeah, that's... Like, play that one One of game. those shout-outs to old Bond... 
because he's from like Live and Let Die, I think, and that's what this level's from. Are we um, in like the Luigi's Mansion right now? It's, uh, it's kind of spooky. Spooky sounds and like I'm just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Some ghost sounds coming. Song is composed completely on a xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> Then I threw in the wrist clock, so when you hit pause, you look at your watch, and this then is, this, this is little Bond theme plays. It's great pause music, maybe the best pause music. Yes, many many a times this song played for quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, <Bathroom laughs> yeah. trips, mom yelling, "What? What do you want?" <laughs> Going to make lunch or something, yep. and just pausing just the pause game, game for a few minutes. And they just leave it up while you eat because you're like, mm -hmm. jam out. It's a jam. Shit. Or it's like one o'clock in the morning, and then you wake up, wake up to this an hour it's later, and it's like, what the hell just happened? Still playing? <laughs> Better than any DVD menu music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's some good DVD menu music yeah. out there. But no, I think I agree that that is way better than any, like, pause, you know, pause music is better than any, like, DVD menu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we're on the end credits. This is my style. That electric guitar. Yeah. Got that double bass pedal going. That's the damn music. Yeah. It's like a medley. Yeah. This sounds like it should be like the runway music. Like, oh shit, let's go. It's like something right. like Very suspenseful. In my opinion. Being chased. Sounds like G Force music. Uh, yeah. Captain F -Zero. Falco run F Zero, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I wish this would be available on Nintendo Switch. There's a little uh, the Switch Online, but. Licensing because you got to get Rare. like Pierce Brosnan and MGM and Rare and all these people to agree <laughs> and somehow get paid for it, so it's never going to happen. That's why that 007 game you guys have or that Goldeneye game was just a re like I think a different studio made it just like a reimagining and they just kind of made the same game again, but that's probably the closest we'll ever get. thought maybe xbox was trying to put it out yeah they were trying at one rare was gonna because xbox owns they, rare they were gonna do they did an hd version they were gonna put on xbox arcade and you can see footage like somebody leaked 30 minutes of it online and it looks incredible and you can like switch back to the old version or f into the hd version but i don't know why it never came out it just like you said looks beautiful though I'll have to look at arcade to see what's there, what's not there, because I have the Game Pass. I just haven't really gotten a chance to look through that. Yeah, it never was released, but somebody leaked some footage of it, and it just Ooh, it, I have to like, check that out. The environments look so bright and vivid, and the characters don't look like boxes walking around. They like look more like GTA characters or whatever, like because that's when yeah. this was made. 
but it's an incredible game, incredible soundtrack. Yeah, I don't really have like a memorable experience other than just playing with friends, but I do have like a memorable like aspect of the game that really uh, shaped my my I guess my love for just all games in general would be the the UI. So mm-hmm. in yeah. in this game, you had uh, just basically an arcing uh, interface to the left and to your right. So basically your health bar on one side mm-hmm. and your armor bar on the other side. Mm-hmm. So whenever you pick up your armor, this side goes up and whenever you get shot without armor, this side goes down, but this never really goes up. And so it was like a really nice like way to interpret your health and your your armor without having to look on the screen to mm-hmm. find out where you are. Um, and it was the opacity was set fine. So you didn't it. It just helped. It never hindered. Uh, the gun and the ammo addition at the bottom right corner, and there's really not anything you can do about that. But I mean, I definitely enjoyed that arcing thing, and I kind of use that to this day in some other games. If I have the ability to have like an arcing like circle around my character, I'll do it. Yeah, and it would like brighten up when you're getting hit, just to show like where you're at, a more vivid version of it, and so you could see it going down, and then it would like fade away a little bit. Right. And the uh, the Enemy AI is really good in this game. Yeah, like it's like way advanced for the time. Now I don't. It's gone far and above this, but like at the time, this was incredible. Like they'd spot you and run to an alarm, or like notify their friends, and more enemies would come. Mm -hmm. If they would see their friend getting shot, they would either run for help or come attack you. They wouldn't even have to know you're there, or if they could hear your gunfire and come, like it was really well done. Right. And they'd interact or react different. Some would like kneel and shoot you, so you would like have to like adjust for that. Yep. They would hide behind the or, boxes too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot smarter than like Doom or like Duke Nukem. Right. I remember playing games where you'd kill their buddy and they won't react. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then as soon as you get in range of them, then they'll like do something about it. But if I if I'm standing there talking to a friend and he gets snipered, I'm out of there. But, yeah, but nope. They'll just stand there and like, yeah. <laughs> well, like that conversation. As, as, Assassin's Creed. I'll like pop up and kill some dude's friend, and then they would like he's, he's gone, gone now. But they're like, right. they're not gonna go looking for him. Yeah. They're just like, just oh, I'm, I'm just gonna continue to stand here and look this direction. <laughs> I got a job to do. I just stand right here and talk. Yep. <laughs> I always thought this game was kind of challenging to like aim at your target like some games allow you to like lock onto your target and shoot like it's makes it really easy but this yeah. one it's like it's all you you have to like actually like aim and shoot your guy there and, was some auto yeah aim, there was a little bit very auto accurate aim. it would just kind of go that direction it wouldn't like lock onto their heads mm-hmm. or anything so you would have to maneuver it to get a good shot of them that's yeah, a, yeah the r and l trigger you'd have to get the little crosshair mm-hmm. that would show up and then with a little red dot, follow that. All right, beautiful guys. Good game. I think we did it. My childhood. In the Once Nintendo this, uh, I don't. Golden era documentary comes out. I'm gonna. Oh, we'll probably all watch it yep. if it's available, and uh, we'll do a follow up. We'll do some more talking if there's anything good in that. Hopefully, it's not all the stuff I told you. I think we should <laughs> just record another whole episode while 
reviewing that anyways even if it is <laughs> like some of the stuff you already told us yeah i think it'd be perfect i think uh, yeah i think there's gonna be good stuff mm-hmm. in there right but until then you guys should drink, drink up, up and, and geek out, out.